Praise the Lord. Let me share with you a few things from the Word tonight. Stir your faith a little bit before we, um, uh, before we minister to, to various people can, with, their, with whatever the condition you have. And, uh, and be expecting this whole time for God is to uh, manifest something in your body. And just, you can just receive things right there where you're sitting. And, uh, and praise God. Uh, in your Bible, look at Colossians chapter 1 with me. Colossians, the first chapter. And uh, I was thinking, you know, just about this meeting and about the healing of the sick. And I thought, what would happen? And what, what, would, what if you and I were able to come into direct contact with God? I mean, you know what I mean by direct? I mean direct. What if you and I could come in direct contact with God? What if you could reach out and touch the hem of his garment? Do you think there'd be a transmission there? Do you think, think there would, it would be easy to have a healing flow come right into you if you could reach out and touch God? Well, I think, I think our faith would be pretty high, <laughs> don't you think? I mean, if Jesus himself manifest in the flesh here tonight, and, uh, and, uh, and we all saw him, and he said, uh, I'm here to minister healing to the sick tonight. How many would have strong faith? <laughs> it's like, I'm first in line. How many of you would be in line even if there was nothing wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to tell them up front, though. No being deceptive, right? Uh, but it would be like, bring it on. If we could come in direct contact with God. Well, I believe we can. All right? I believe we can come in direct contact with God. And uh, here's how. Look in Colossians, like I said. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 24. Colossians 1. 24 says I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body which is the church okay, these aren't talking he's not talking about sickness here this is talking about Paul's persecution what he went through for them he said of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God well what word of God the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, what's the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. The thing that God had planned for thousands of years and held back from the enemy to see and held back from most of mankind to see. Some of the prophets saw it, but very likely they didn't fully see it and fully understand what they were prophesying. But it was a great mystery and God had a secret plan. It was awesome. It was powerful. It would not have been believed by many if he would have told them up front. But God had a plan to crawl in your skin. 
to get in on the inside of you. And it wouldn't just be that we relate to God on the outside and that we're now able to approach Him. Thank God we are. Thank God we've been made clean and we can approach Him with boldness and confidence in the blood of Jesus. But God not only made that available to us, He got on the inside of us. His plan is that He would be in us. Imagine that, God living inside of a human being. You've seen depictions and we've read accounts. Maybe you've been an eyewitness of someone who was demon-possessed and how they are uh, overtaken and they do all kinds of evil and demonic things. What about a person who was possessed by God? <laughs> what, about, what about a person whom Christ gets inside of them? And when they walk, He walks. And when they move, He moves. And when they speak, He speaks. It was God's design and plan that He would inhabit and indwell the body of Christ. And that He would go throughout the earth through the vessels of, a, of human beings. And when we think about coming in contact with God, we can do so by coming in contact with a God-possessed person. With a person who's been changed, who's been born again. They are, is this true or is this not? That Christ is in us. Then if I come in contact with a person about whom that's true and they know that it's true... Get ready for a touch of God. Amen. Oh yeah. Because this is God's method of touching people. Hallelujah. We might think it's great. And don't get me wrong. I think it's great too. I'd like a trip to the throne room. You know, physically. Eyes open. <laughs> looking. Uh, hugging Jesus. Don't get me wrong. Wonderful. But, you know, for the vast majority of people... That's not going to happen until they stay there. Okay? Now and then, God gives someone a special visit, a vision, and these things happen. But for most people, we are going to touch God by having another person who knows that Christ is in them and believes that there's a transferal as an act of their will into another person. That's how God touches people. And don't get me wrong. This is not secondary method. This is not okay since we can't have this all settle for Christ in someone. No. This is God's preferred method. His design to get people healed. Yeah. That he would be in people. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm more excited about this than I, st than I was when I started. Glory to God. Glory to God. Wow, this is going to work, huh? Uh, well, look at Romans. Now look at, you know, look at 1 John 4 first and Romans 8. Let me give you, I just want to give you a couple more witnesses on this. Uh, but if Christ is in us, then whomever we touch comes in direct contact with God. Is this far reaching? I, I understand that most Christians do not think this way, yet it is a reality. You see, so many people are conscious and they live aware of the reality of themselves. 
in the flesh what they know, what they don't know, their faults, their failures, their inabilities, and they think, well, I'm only human. No, you're not only human. You're a human being with Christ in you. If you've received Him, that is. Not everyone has that. But if you've received the Lord, Christ is in you. And if that's true, you become one dangerous kitty to the devil and to the enemy. Imagine Christ all around the world in people. If we only had a revelation of that, we'd know that when we touch someone, God touched them. Yeah, because He's in us. You know this scripture. This is a good one. 1 John 4, verse 4. Is that what I told you? It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, the false teachers and so forth, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. What is the basis by which we overcome? It is a reality of God in us. If I know that God is in me, I will have confidence to be an overcomer in every situation in life. In fact, the more I have a revelation and understanding of God in me, the greater one in me, the smaller sickness becomes. Huh? What man says, oh, this is a big thing here. This is a terminal condition. This, there's no cure for this. Or you're going to suffer with this or medicate this for the rest of your life. The more I have a revelation of Christ in me, of the greater one in me, I think sickness and disease is nothing. I think the worst disease in the human race, the worst thing on the planet, is puny compared to the greater one in me. Come on now, the greater one's in me, the greater one's in you. Christ is in us. He is the hope of glory. And this is how we've got to think. Now Romans 8 Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 8. Hey. And verse 9. Romans 8 verse 9. Says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God, what? Dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. In other words... He's not saved yet, right? It's not His. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, you understand we talk about Jesus being in us, you know, you said Jesus is in my heart. Literally, Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, right, positionally. Who is really in us is the Spirit of Christ, okay, which is really the same, as you see here, as we're going here, when we say Christ in us, what are we talking about? We're talking about power. Yes, yes, person, but yes, anointing. I'm getting ahead of myself. But when he, here he says, we see Christ in us, and then he goes on to say, uh, if the same Spirit of Him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And so we're talking about the Holy Spirit indwelling us and living on the inside of us. 
He said, he, uh, he uh, where are we at? He who raised Christ from the dead will also, in other words, just as he raised Christ from the dead, how many know that worked? There was enough power for that. There was enough anointing and ability of God to get Christ from the dead. I don't see any dead people here. Know what I'm talking about? And so we know if the Spirit can raise someone from the dead, and that was, that was really a bigger miracle than we have comprehended so far, because it wasn't just the physical body of Jesus being raised from the dead. He took all of us with Him. Because our sin was imputed unto Him. But if He can raise Him from the dead, I think He can, he can straighten out some eye issues. I think He could give someone clear eyesight. You know, you know I, I, I think he could, uh, he could fix intestinal problems. And lungs. And hearts. And uh, he, can, he can take care of, of tumors. And earaches. And, and anything you can think of. Isn't it all much less than raising Christ from the dead? And that's what he went on to say here. He said... He will give life to your mortal body through the Spirit who dwells in you. Through the Spirit who dwells in you. Again, I can see that healing is directly related to us having an understanding of Christ in us. Of the greater one in us. Of the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside of us. This is all of a sudden just becoming real easy, isn't it? Man, when we see things in perspective, the only, you know, the only reason things, these things are difficult is because we're not looking at things through God's eyes. We see things through the eyes of humanity, and upon that, the eyes of the way we've been trained. What we've heard so long, this is hard, this is difficult. And so we look at a sickness, it's almost a mountain in front of us. When we get it from God's perspective, you can, or it hardly looks like a bump in the road. Hmm. It's hardly a speed bump, right? Tope in the road, okay? But this is where we've got to see it. And when we do, whoo, glory to God. These things get easier and easier and easier and easier. Now, like I said, Christ in us is not just the person of Jesus in us, but refers to the anointing in us. It was God's plan from the beginning that he would redeem us and restore us. He would make us new wineskins so that he himself could indwell us and that every person who would believe and would receive him would carry his power. Every person would carry his anointing. That way, whenever someone comes in contact with you, you could be like a wet sponge. And if I bump into you, some of whatever's in you is going to come out. What is that? Well, if you're a sponge, you know, water or something would drip out when you poke on it. Right? And when we are fully aware of Christ in us or the anointed one in us, then whenever we get around something that's not straight, that's not right, something that goes contrary to God's plan for physical health for the human body, well, that healing stuff <laughs> gets right on them. And what does it do? Eradicates it. It doesn't take much of this stuff. It's really, really potent. Huh? Not watered down. It, you know, wasn't, uh, it, was, it wasn't concentrated and then we added water. This is, this is Christ himself. This is the anointed one. Okay, And this is his anointing in us. Full power. 
full power of God. And that's why I think when I come in contact with a person whom Christ is in, and they know it, and I know it, I'm coming in contact with God. Yeah, nothing short of it. Yeah. And I want to emphasize this again. This is not just, okay, we have to have it that way because Jesus doesn't typically manifest in the flesh. No, this is his prescribed method. This is his plan. He knew this way would work. And he wants to be glorified through one believer touching another person, whether a believer or a sinner, and them getting healed. And we say, it's Christ in me. It's the anointing from God that just set you free. Praise God. He likes, to, he likes to have others participate in the process. Just the way he is. Hey, couldn't God just do it directly himself? Certainly. He just doesn't want to. He wants to have people involved. Praise the Lord. Now, Luke chapter 4. I tell you what, these healing meetings that we do, uh, I kind of prefer, uh, prepare for them. And I just get a few thoughts and a few scriptures that I, that I believe the Lord wants me to take a certain direction. And uh, he really starts manifesting uh, uh, during the teaching and preaching and everything else that happens right from the beginning. Uh, uh, Pastor Allen would know this. Sometimes you get up and you think you're going to share one little thing and God will blow it up. He'll expand it based on the, the draw of the, uh, of the people's hearts. And I tell you what, he's in the house because people are wanting to know things and hear things and receive healing. And God is endeavoring to get truth in us that will stir our faith and ignite our hearts to get exactly what we've come for. Okay? And I can tell you right now from a minister standpoint, he is in the house already doing things. He is here manifesting and and, and fulfilling his will in us. Luke chapter, what did I tell you? In Luke chapter 4. I won't take time to get into this too much, but you, you know this is the place where, where Jesus, in verse 16, it was his custom to go into the synagogue uh, on the Sabbath day, and uh, he stood up to read the, the book of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he started talking to them about the anointing, how the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to bring healing, to preach the gospel, and so forth right but he would it seemed to be that this wasn't the only occasion that he did this it was his custom to go into the synagogue and he would read and he would talk to people about the anointing that was on him how the power of God was on him he looked like every other Joe okay he looked like your average uh, Israeli right looked like he didn't have a halo around his head he didn't walk around two feet above the ground you know what I'm talking about and everyone thought woo i got to get to that guy. No, he would look like everybody else. So what he did is he communicated with words and told people, there is something on me that came from God and it will heal you. So why would he tell them that? uh, that? Why didn't he just do it? Well, the telling produces faith in the action and power of God. That's why we share what we share even now. This, we can talk about the Spirit of God being on us, Christ being in us, so that we know what to expect. Is expecting important? Yeah, yeah. Expecting, expectation is like the, uh, the breeding ground for miracles. Okay? And so he says, this is what's happening. This is what God has done. This is what He's put on me. And I'm about to preach and you're about to not be poor anymore. And I'm about to, I'm about to minister through the laying on of hands. And you're not going to be sick anymore. The Spirit of God is upon me to do this. Say, did it work? It worked. 
Look over a couple, uh, couple chapters to Luke chapter 6. So Jesus would tell them about these things, so basically they would have faith in the power of God. Okay, faith in the transmission of the power of God. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 19, it said, And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. So why did they seek to touch him? Because they believed that he was anointed, just like he said. They believed that there was power, and because they believed, they said, I got to get over here and touch this guy. Like the sponge. I just got to get, if I can just get up there and touch him. And it said, everybody, look at that, that's amazing. He said, for power went out from him and healed them all. The whole multitude was saying, I got to touch this guy. That guy, what's his name? Understand, they didn't understand him like we do. They didn't understand he's the second member. Oh, there's a second member of the Godhead. Jesus manifest in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and Word's with God. Word was God. <laughs> right? <laughs> and he, came, he dwelt, you know, verse 14. <laughs> As well, he became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? They didn't understand all that. That's just Jesus from Nazareth. He said, I got to touch him. Why? Because power went out of him. Faith in the power produces miracles. Faith that there's something happening. Have we established already that there's something, hap- something happening in every believer? Oh, this is absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Praise God. Praise God. And so uh, they sought to touch him. Now, Luke, are we in Luke? All right. Mark, Mark chapter 5. Glory, glory, glory. Mark chapter 5. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll stay, there for, stay there for a few minutes. In, in Mark chapter 5, there was a woman, of course, who had an issue of blood. We won't read her whole story right now, but she had this problem, this, this disease, for 12 years. And it was a big problem. And what happened was she heard about Jesus. So how did she hear? Well, Jesus was constantly talking about the anointing. And then people were getting it. They were getting healed. It kind of starts to stir. All right, people were buzzing. She's been having this problem for 12 years, and she started saying, You know, if I could just get in there and touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. And she started saying that repeatedly until she forced herself through the crowd and touched him and got healed. In verse 30, chapter 5, verse 30, and Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But notice what Jesus perceived. Someone snuck in behind him and touched him. And what happened? Power went out. Now, all kinds of people were touching him. And I know this, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And there are times when I've laid hands on sick people and just miraculous things. A lot of them in these meetings that we're doing. Miraculous things happening. And I can afterward. The power of God's still on me. And I can shake someone's hand. And it doesn't necessarily transmit into them. 
Why? Because it's not just about the physical touch. It's about I'm touching to get something. It's about me, if, if I'm ministering, I'm touching to give something. And it's about a person touching to get something. And it can be initiated by either one, but both is preferable. You know what I'm talking about? In other words, this situation, this wasn't Jesus' faith. He wasn't endeavoring to minister to her. He's walking. But she's so convinced that, he's, that there's something in him more than she sees, that there's a power and anointing. She knows that even though everyone else is bumping into her, her touch is going to be different. And when she touched him, he went, what was that? He felt power go out of him. Okay, another, uh, another place in Luke 8, the same story. You don't need to turn there. But it said that, he, he said, I perceive power going out of me. He's walking along, all of a sudden, anointing went out of him, power went out of him. Someone drew upon it. She didn't even ask permission, did she? She's go- she went to God and got healed without even asking. And apparently God didn't mind. Isn't that amazing? As some people are struggling over, does God want me well? Others just go ahead and get it. And they say, while you're debating theology over here, while you're wondering about so-and-so, I'm going to go ahead and get my healing. God is pleased with that. Okay? Set every, uh, every idea aside. If you've prayed and failed in the past and you know someone else who didn't get it, I wouldn't really take advice from people who didn't get it. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to get money advice from a poor person. And I don't want to get healing advice from someone who didn't get healed. I want to talk to someone who did. And that's why we're looking at who did. Okay. What did they do? I don't want to do what the person who didn't get it did. And I don't really want to hear from them. You know what I'm saying? If I need someone, put me, in, put me in the room with someone who got it from God. And I want to say, what did you do? And they might say, well, everyone was kind of discussing this over here. and discuss- I went ahead and got me a healing. I-, I went ahead and just, I knew God loved me and that wasn't an issue. And I knew it wasn't really based on my good works, but was based on the cross and what Jesus did for me through redemption. So I went ahead and, and just kind of a part of the covenant. And I knew uh, there was an anointing in people. So I went ahead and took my healing. And I'm healed. I like that kind of story. <laughs> That's going to be your story. Yeah. Say, am I going to have a story? You're absolutely going to have a story. You might even start writing it down already. Hey. (laughs) Praise God. And so, uh, glory to God. Jesus talked about the anointing being on. Have you ever talked about the anointing being on you? Well, I'm talking about the anointing being on me right now. I've been talking about it this afternoon too. Just thanking the Lord. Why? I just stir my my under my having a, a a sense of the reality of God in me. Helps me to be powerful. If I know Christ is in me, I'm not just Mark from Boise. No, 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 Christ in me. Who I am, just in the naturally, that's kind of insignificant right now. A vessel of God, who He can use and flow through. The anointing can be transferred. In various ways. A couple primary ways that the anointing is transferred. We're talking about contact and transmission. 
How can it be transferred? Well, through speaking in faith. Sometimes a word spoken. Be healed. A word spoken. And someone takes a hold of that. Well, there's an anointing that rides on words. I mean, no, God created the universe, not by molding it with his hands and forming the earth. He spoke it into existence. God speaks into existence and we're made in his image and his likeness and filled with him. We can also do things through words. All right. Also, one of the primary methods is what we're talking about is the laying on of hands. All right. God set it up that way. I don't know why he just did it that way. Not the laying on of feet, not the laying on of heads, the laying on of hands. All right. In other words, uh, yes, the anointing could be transferred through someone's elbow, I guess, or uh, something like that. But he specifically mentioned hands being laid on people. And why would uh, why would God want believers to lay hands on the sick? This is Mark 16, 18. So they would recover unless there was something he wanted to, to come out of hands and go into people. It's the same way that Jesus ministered. Let me show you one more. Uh, Mark chapter 5. Oh, you're already there. But understand this about laying on of hands. Uh, according to Hebrews chapter 6, it is a fundamental, it is an elementary principle of the gospel of Christ. It, it's, it's very basic in church. I realize not all churches practice the laying on of hands, but all churches are supposed to. Okay? It's not some, woo something way out there for just you know people who are uh, specially called to do it no it's just pretty much basic in the body of Christ that believers lay hands on people and that's really how God wants to uh, transmit power from one person to another Christ in me and I lay hands and Christ comes out of me in other words there is an overflow of that anointing that will go into another person now Mark chapter 5 notice in verse 22 Mark 5:22 and behold one of the rulers of the synagogue came Jairus by name and when he saw him he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly saying my little daughter lies at the point of death come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live what was he doing why did he want Jesus to lay hands on her he said, Jesus, come and put your hands on her. He understood that when Jesus touched her. Am I reading that right? That something would come out of Jesus' hands and heal that girl. In other words, he had faith in this method or operation of ministry. That when there is contact, there is transmission. And this is important for us as well. And this is real easy to believe. I mean, God's in us. That when we have contact with someone, that we expect there to be a transmission of God's healing power. Okay? And I know this for sure. Uh, I'm going to be laying hands, and maybe others will. I, I'm, I try to stay open to anything in these, in these types of services. But uh, I'm going to lay hands on people, and I know this. When I lay hands on people, there will come a healing anointing that will flow to that person. And say, what does the person need to do? Simply receive. Yeah, it don't get tense. Don't get nervous. Nothing to worry about. Just relax. Receive it. Say, do I need to pray? Sometimes people are praying real hard in other tongues. And, and, uh, and no, no, you don't really need to do that. Uh, we don't want to uh, put too much fleshly effort into this. It's just simply 
I receive. And then you move it. Then you jump on it. Then you swallow. Then you stare at something really small. You know what I'm talking about? Whatever. It, I realize sometimes there's internal things that you can't check at the moment. And so you just thank the Lord. Ah, oh, yeah, I received that. It's done. It's done. But if there's something that you can demonstrate right away, then you do that. You just go ahead and move it. Say, right away? Almost like I'm expecting it to change right now. Well, that's the pattern we have. That's the pattern we have. Okay? So we're going to go ahead and stay with it. I kind of like that way. It's a good method. Lay hands on the sick, and they get healed right there. Yeah, yeah. Say, has that ever happened? Happens all the time. Happens all the time. I see this happen in these meetings. I see this happen during the week. I see it happen uh, after services. Sometimes people say, "I've been having this problem." Someone at the membership meeting. Who is that? You. <laughs> Someone at the membership meeting said they were having problems back in the shoulder, and uh, uh, she was initially wasn't going to check it right away. And I said, "Well, I laid hands." I said, "We'll go ahead and check that." And and why? Because the power already went in. I already released that power through the laying on of hands. Why wouldn't you check it? Huh? I mean, if you were working on an engine and, uh, you know, maybe it was, uh, you needed new spark plugs or something. I mean, would you put the spark plugs in and then wait a week to try it? (laughs) Almost like, well, it's got to get used to the new spark plugs and... You know, maybe this takes a while to really take a... No, 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 it takes a while. As soon as the spark is there, crank it, right? Make sure they work. Praise the Lord. And so as soon as healing goes into a person, that's when you start the engine. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. We'll get things going. And so, praise the Lord. Uh, anyway, well, we're going to exercise the, the, this method of, of ministering healing tonight and, uh, and believing something happens when hands are laid upon others is really a big key to having things happen. And so let's get ready to, to do that. Why don't you come up and play? And uh, I want to have everybody stand up. And you've been sitting for a little while. And, uh, and we just want uh, to lay hands on the sick. And uh, before we do, uh, let's just pray for a moment. And uh, praise the Lord. Father, thank you so much tonight. Thank you for your life and your power. Thank you for your love and your kindness. Thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, for He has anointed us. Glory to God. I thank you that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. The greater one who lives in us is greater than he who is in the world. And so, Father, I thank you for your healing, anointing, and power. Praise God. Healing, anointing, and power that sets captives free. That brings recovery to all who need it. Amen. Amen.